Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, hello, and thanks for listening. Today, we're going to talk to three women who are walking through trials and hear how God has met and helped them through very challenging circumstances. As Christians, we know that trials are part of our experience here on earth because of sin and the fall. Elizabeth Elliot defined a trial as having something you don't want or not having something you do want. But we know from scripture that God is sovereign over our trials and uses them to deepen our faith and conform us into the image of Christ. And we also know that he works all things for our good, even our trials. The ladies we're hearing from are going through significant trials, but I think you're going to be encouraged as you hear them share how the Lord has strengthened their faith and met and comforted them in their trials. So ladies, um, thanks so much for wanting to come and share what's been going on with you guys. Um, I want to just start with you introducing yourselves and and just sharing uh, what the, the trials you've been facing. Ashley, we'll start with you. You're you're actually kind of more walking out of a trial than walking mm-hmm. through it, which we're very thankful for. Yes. Literally walking out of it. So yes. tell us what's been going on with you. Yeah. So my name is Ashley Rack. I'm 18 years old, and um, so in mid-April, we found out that my grandmother is terminally ill, and um, around two weeks after that, in May. I started going paralyzed. Uh, it started in my face, and so we went to the ER. They sent us home. About a week later, less than a week, I couldn't walk. I was admitted to the ICU and diagnosed with an autoimmune disease where basically, because of a virus, um, my body started attacking my own nerves. And so at the worst of it, I couldn't touch my head or swallow well or see well or I couldn't talk or... You know, the most I could move my, my legs was a few inches. And so I stayed in the hospital for um, a few weeks, about almost three. And um, I was in a wheelchair for about two months. And um, yeah, so thankfully I feel a lot better now. But it was a long, <laughs> long recovery. So, What about you, Rachel? My name is Rachel Fian. I am a wife to Michael of 22 years, 22 plus years. I have a 15-year-old son, 12-year-old son, and a 9-year-old daughter. My nine-year-old daughter was diagnosed with um, ulcerative colitis on June 8th of this year. Um, Her daddy has Crohn's disease, has for the last 30 years, so it's not new to us, but um, it was one prayer I prayed for each of my children that they would not have what their dad had, and God answered it a different way. (laughs) So she's currently doing well. We have some things we're still facing, um, some other challenges that um, we're facing with that, but... Um, and then we found out that my husband's job will be done soon. Um, he works for an airline, and these are times that are not real um, kind to people who work in the airline industry. So we're trusting the Lord for provision, um, insurance needs, you know, medical insurance and stuff. Um, my name is Jen Jap, and I am 34. I have four kids, ages, let's see, how old are they? <laughs> ages three to eight. And about three and a half years ago, my husband, Brendan, was diagnosed with stage four metastatic lung cancer, and it has been a roller coaster. Um, we've had seasons of regression and remission where we thought he was healed, and then we've had progression. And so right now, we're kind of in the phase of just transitioning out of a clinical trial and being in more of 
an uncertain phase of what's coming next. So it has been a long road and we are still in it. <laughs> and, um, but God has met us. So, Well, that's what I want to talk about in this at first is just what are some of the big picture things that you can look back and see that God did or, or that you're seeing now? Um, in looking back over just the past three years, there's a lot that I've learned and seen God do. I think primarily before all of this, I would have seen myself as kind of this tidy Christian. You know, I know a lot of truth and um, I love the Lord. But when Brennan was diagnosed, it was kind of just like an unraveling of our life. And it was almost like a thread that just kept unraveling so fast. I was It was out of control and I couldn't do anything about any of it. And... Um, I've seen that in my brokenness and my weakness in this, the total mess of all of it, that God is sufficient and he is satisfying. And I, I think I remember a long time ago at church having this moment where I, we were seeing something like, all I want is Christ, I think was the line. And I remember thinking to myself, do I really believe that? And now I know that, that he is enough and he is satisfying. And that knowledge of knowing that God will meet you, almost like when you are in the trial, when you are in affliction, you are actually in the safest place that you can be because his power you get to watch it unfold and you get to be carried when you have nothing to bring to the table. So I think just the the knowledge and the treasuring of Christ, I would not forfeit for anything. I kind of went a different route with this, but hopefully it's okay. I Maybe I just misunderstood the question, but I'm like, here it is. Maybe so, no, <laughs> no, no, no. There's not a route. It was wonderful. Yeah. So I, we're still kind of rather new into this season, I think. I mean, it's been since beginning of June, so not quite as long as what Jen has been going through, but just different things that we've seen the Lord provide for us, like the practical needs provisions, like things that have made us weep because we know people have sacrificed for us. Um, The prayers of God's people, like we cannot explain peace that he has given to us in the most, the biggest moments we feel like I should be a wreck right now. And there have been those moments, but the Lord just gives the peace. I know people are praying. I get these texts all the time from people and I'm so thankful. Things like cards, gifts, flowers, texts, chocolate, those things are really nice. Um, We have, we were able to get a new puppy. I mean, some people would think that's horrible, but it has been a lot of fun for us. Um, God orchestrated that Mariah was needing to be in the hospital during our vacation that we had to cancel because of COVID. We were able to leave the day she entered the hospital. And I'm like, only the Lord could have orchestrated that. There's no way she would have received the care up where we were going. Um, Hospital has no visitors, but yet we saw the racks there. They were like a couple doors down, and the Lord did that. And it was an encouragement. We have a Christian doctor friend. He's a pediatric cardiologist. He stopped in, and we got to see him a few times. You know, um, Tom and Lonnie Scholar, they volunteer at the Children's Hospital. And we got to see it. It was like, yeah, we got to see um friends would come and, and bring gifts so i guess the lord just i don't know he meets us like you said in just like fun ways practical ways um spiritual ways tangible ways and you just like i know that the lord did that 
there is no explanation. I don't believe in coincidence. This is the Lord, and he is just so kind and gentle in how he leads us, even in the midst. He's the gift in the storm, like you said. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's interesting because when I was in the thick of um, my trial, when I was specifically in the ICU, when I was there, I was very faithless. (laughs) Um, I remember one morning before therapy, I I was just on the verge of tears talking to my mom, and I was like, Mom, I don't feel like I love the Lord more because of this. And mm-hmm. But it's amazing how, first of all, how kind God is to, to still care for me, even though I was so bitter. Um, but now I just feel like the Lord is bringing me into what feels like a, it feels like a springtime in my soul. Um, I feel like, whereas I used to base... I used to base kind of my view of God's goodness and truth based off how I felt. I wouldn't have said I did, but um, I really did base it a lot off of emotions. But when I was in the hospital, when I was, you know, really struggling, I couldn't base it off of emotions because they <laughs> they were not helpful. And so um, I've learned to just rely on God's truth and just realize that his word is good and that you know, beyond just that, that thick, dark cloud of our sufferings, mm-hmm. it's just the reality that God is good. And like, we, we may not see it in the trial, but I'm just learning just to build confidence in him that his word is true. Um, and also I think, I think that suffering just gives me more opportunities to share the gospel in a unique way. Like my grandmother who's sick, the fact that I was sick, I mean, the Lord has given me so many testimonies so many things so many ways he met me in my weakness that I can share with her um so yeah I'm definitely seeing his faithfulness and right now it's kind of looking back on it so sometimes in the midst of it it's hard to see but I wanted to know um the place of God's word in the midst of your trials and just was is it easier to lean on God's word? Is it harder? Um, were there any are there any passages that serve you? So talk a little bit about that, Ashley. Yeah. So um, like I said, I sometimes struggle with a little bit of bitterness um, when I was really um, in the thick of it. Um, and certain passages of God's word were harder than others, I would say. So, um, like you know, hearing about. Jesus healing a bunch of people was kind of hard because <laughs> um, I would pray for that all the time and then feel frustrated when I wasn't yeah. feeling it happening. But honestly, what really served me were the laments. <laughs> I um, I had days where I could not talk or move or do much of anything. I couldn't see well. Um, so literally days of just off and on lamenting um, and things like from Psalm 73 when it says... Um, you know, each morning brings new punishments is what I would just be like, Lord, it just feels like this is true. And Psalm 13, like, how long, oh Lord, how long? Um, unfortunately, what took me longer <laughs> to uh, learn about the laments is how they always are, you know, they usually point to truth in the end about God. And I, the Lord did teach me that as I walked through my trial of, yes, like, pour your soul out to the Lord. He, he teaches us to do this but also like remember what's true, you know? And so honestly, if I, one thing, if I could just give someone who's suffering a piece of advice, I would say read Lamentations. <laughs> um, Lamentations 3 really served me. And so these verses I'm just going to read, it says, um, my soul is bereft of peace. I've forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished and so has my hope from the Lord. 
Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, just learning, lamenting, but also learning just the truth. It was so, oh, it just watered my soul when I needed it. So it's good. It's good. Um, the two passages that I meditate on when I would be out in early morning hours with the dog, we would just be playing and stuff and I'd be crying and praying. It's a great time to, to do that <laughs> by myself with this puppy and just Psalm 23 is just a, um, a well-known one, but I just had this picture of the good shepherd leading me only into good places, leading my daughter into good places um, and just gently doing so. Not um, like he tailor made this trial for us and it's, it's a severe mercy perhaps it's but it's a it's from his good hand and so I would just meditate on that psalm and um, I know it's very well known but I think it's pertinent you know Philippians 4 there's um, this picture of you know God commands us to not be anxious that is impossible without him empowering us I cannot not be anxious I am just So I'm like, Lord, you must help me with this. So, you know, he says, don't be anxious. Pray about everything with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. And then this is just what hit me. The peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your heart. And I pictured this peace just guarding me, putting a hedge around my heart so that these thoughts that wanted to sneak in about what is my daughter's future going to look like, what, you know, just big questions, um, bigger questions than that even. Um, so then the verse that follows is like, think on what is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent. That's like an imperative. And then God says, practice these things and God of the God of peace will be with you. And I'm like, Lord, I need that because my, my heart is just, it is so like your heart rate goes up literally. And you're just in this, you feel like you're in this storm and you're just, your thoughts are swirling in your head. You're like, I can't even figure out how to turn the oven on right now because I'm so, you know, I'm like, Lord, just give me your peace that passes understanding. Help me to, help me to obey this command to not be anxious because I am. <laughs> so, and and he did, he gave me that peace, but I felt like it was a constant prayer for me to, to do that. I never just arrived and I still have not arrived. I feel like I'm constantly having to run and run and run again and say, Lord, Help me to think on what's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. And so God has, he's met me that way. And um, so, yeah, two very popular and well-known passages, perhaps. But, boy, the Holy Spirit used them and continues to use them. Um, I think for me, um, early on in all of this, well, really at different points in time, the past three years, it's been a long thing. Um there have been times where I just do not want to approach the Lord, <laughs> um, either from just sheer exhaustion um, or feeling like I've already prayed all of these things over and over again. And so I think there was probably seeds of unbelief in my heart. I think when you don't want to pray, in some ways you're 
or spend time in the word, you are kind of just not trusting God and believing that he's acting on your behalf. But early on, um, I've felt very clearly from the Lord as I was just praying, you know, you're asking all these big life questions. (laughs) Why, why me? Why my family when we have four kids? Why their father? Um, Lots of different questions that you ask. And I felt clearly that the Lord communicated in my heart because you get me. That's what you get at the end of all of it. You get me. And in my sinfulness and in my brokenness, I think there were times where I didn't like that answer. Um, And I realized, like, I can't muster up faith. I cannot muster up peace. And so I have to take God at his word, which means I have to read his word. And so I just honestly went through the motions a lot at first. Like I did not have a lot of desire to, because a lot of scripture is hard (laughs) when you're experiencing very difficult trials. It Sometimes it's not balm to the soul. You know, there are things that are, you're wrestling, I guess, in in a a way. Um, But I would just get out my Bible and I would just pray the Psalms. Mm -hmm. I would literally put myself or Brendan or my children in the Psalms and I would just pray them over and over again. And um, specifically, Psalm 81, when there's a lot of Psalms, it's like Mm -hmm. kind of what you're saying, Psalm 73, um, praying through lamentations, but it's almost just like as I, it's like stepping out in faith to just, Lord, I'm going to pray your word. I'm going to open your Bible because I have nothing to bring to the table, but you tell me that you have all of the things and you are, um, your powers made perfect in my weakness. And so just literally praying the Psalms and Psalm 81 specifically has ministered to me. Um, and just reading the old Testament in general, because it was messy and really <laughs> difficult. And so I think just seeing God's redemptive plan for his people and his pursuit of his people is just kind of encouraging when you're in a dark spot. But Psalm 81 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And he's almost beckoning at the beginning of this psalm. Um, Here, I'm going to admonish you if you would but listen to me. And then he goes on and at the very end, It says, but he would feed you, God would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. And so I think that served me because the Israelites, they thought very much about what was in front of them and what they could feel. So like their hunger pangs or what they focused on, they focused on their hunger and what they wanted and they didn't trust God to satisfy them. And so just this Psalm of like, not only does God desire to meet our needs but just the term honey you know honey at that time is like the sweetest most desirable thing so he just wants to give them abundance and um even just like honey from the rock you know rocks usually like it's a difficult place it's a difficult place to access it's i don't know there's just something about that picture that served me like in this hard place god will satisfy, meet you, and he will actually be giving you abundance. So, and then Lamentations, I think. There's a part right after what you read that says, it is good that one should bear a burden in his youth. 
And that has helped me. And just like, how do you approach the Lord when you're bearing a burden like what you, all of us or and lots of other people have walked through? It's like God's word is saying that it is good and we take him at his word. So just praying through lamentations, I think mm-hmm. you realize God can handle that raw emotion mm-hmm. and our disposition in these hard things. So I don't know. That's helped me. The Old Testament Psalms, Lamentations, all the good stuff. Um, you've already humbly shared. Like, there's, there's no. You're, you're not perfectly walking through this. It's hard. Um, there's just, there could be times of, of lack of faith or bitterness, like you said. So, um, yeah. Do you have any more things to say about what it looks like to? walk through the hard days or the hard weeks um, when your faith is low or you're angry or sad, tired? um, What does that look like? There's been a lot of those days. (laughs) Um, And often I feel like there's more of those days than there are good days in certain seasons. Um, I think that song of just when I feel my is it when I feel my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast, that it's not our, there's nothing from us that's holding us to the Lord. What Christ did on the cross and his suffering has secured our place with the Lord. So I think on days when I am sad and I'm struggling and I'm lacking faith, it's just a reminder. I have to remind myself, like, you've been bought. You are purchased. You are redeemed. And and, and there is nothing that I am doing that's holding me fast to the Lord. Um, I think also sometimes just worshiping, like listening to worship music, that's a kind of a practical thing. Um, but I think it's helpful just having good truth running through your mind in a way that you can just receive it maybe, you know, in a less active sort of way. Um, and I think... I don't know. I think when you're going through something really difficult, it it may not just be sadness. Like there have truthfully been days. It's like, it's hard to get out of bed and it's hard to just take care of my kids. Um, and I feel like er, the Lord at times has reminded my soul, like you just do the next thing. Like you take it's, it's active faith to do the thing and I remember this this thought that came into my mind. I remember Huck was tiny, and I was feeding him oatmeal in his high chair, and I was just sobbing, like, I will never make it through today. I cannot get through today. Um, and I just felt this clear thought of, like, I will help your muscles catch up with your heart. So you just act in faith and let me do that part. That's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's work is mm-hmm. to strengthen your soul but I just need you to take the step and trust me that I will meet you there and that has been so helpful because sometimes it's just hour by hour do the laundry do the dishes make the meal (laughs) even if you're struggling and he's just been so faithful to meet me it's true it's kind of you look exactly kind of what you said you look back and go man the Lord sustains day in and day out. And so oftentimes, even at the end of my day, on a hard day, I just remind myself, like, the Lord is the sustainer. Go to bed. Just go to bed. And tomorrow morning, it will start all anew. Like, He will sustain you all over again, even if it's hour by hour. So, Amen. <laughs> to piggyback off of that, um, there's a quote I was going to share a little later, but it was, um, I think Samuel Rutherford said, God brings events to us. 
and we have duties in the midst of those events. So that idea of just doing Elizabeth Elliot, do the next thing. And so sometimes it is go turn the oven on. Okay, now shut it off. Like, you know, just trying to be just coaching yourself through like, Lord, just help me to do it. Um, I felt like the Lord drew me to his word because there were times that I was pretty, um, if I can be honest, I was angry at the Lord. And um, this moment I said to my husband, um, if I gave a good gift to my child, I wouldn't take it away from them because I was angry. And my husband just gently said, you would if it was good for them. And of course, you know, that just that's just um, a conviction that was gentle, but but the right thing to say to me. And <laughs> he didn't chide me or anything, but the Lord has drawn me when I am weary, when I'm fearful. And even in my, um, when I've been angry at, you know, I hope that's safe to say, um, I'm being honest. Um, just, I'm not now, but I, there, I was, there were, and, and there are times that, you know, I, I feel shame for that, but then the Lord, <laughs> he, he came to me in that, I believe, and just was like, okay, I'm going to, you need to counsel your heart with the truth. You need to go. So he drew me to, to the Psalms and it was, um, it was him. It wasn't me because there's nothing good within me that would desire that when I'm not, when I'm having a temper tantrum, if you will. But I think wrestling with things like that, the Lord, um, it acknowledges that he is real and he is sovereign. We acknowledge that he is, that he is the great I am. So I, you know, I believe that he can handle when we have the anger. We shouldn't maybe be angry in disrespectful ways, but just like crying out to him, like, I'm so, you know, what is, what is going on? You know, like my daughter and, you know, and then you look at other people suffering and you're like, come Lord, you know, no more. But he's like, no, I'm doing good things. And so you need to steward your trial well. So I'm like, okay, help me do that because not doing a good job but anyway yeah I had a lot of days weeks and my family would definitely say months of just being like you know feeling grumpy and sometimes angry sometimes with the Lord sometimes just life things that happen um I think that I really struggled with putting on a really proud attitude sometimes because I was really embarrassed about my weakness. I didn't look very good and all these things. And just, you know, wanting to put on an attitude of, I don't care, I don't care, I can do it myself. Um, it was something I really struggled with. But I think that uh, I just kind of have like a little list of like practical things that serve me, little means of grace that the Lord gave me. Um, one thing was sometimes just putting myself in community when I could. I think that when I withdrew consistently, um, and I kind of didn't consistently talk with people I trusted, um, that's when I really got very angry, um, and that was not healthy. So finding someone I trusted, whether a friend or a sibling um, or a parent, um, someone to just talk to, be someone I could be honest with, and also sometimes just even having lighthearted conversations was mm -hmm. so helpful. Um, for me, since I was, it was summertime, I was in a wheelchair. Uh, I'm usually a very active person, so I didn't have much to do. I was really aimless for a while, and because of that, I all I thought about was what was going on in front of me, and that was not good. Sometimes just finding something constructive to do, um, like you were saying, Miss Jap, just the setting aside time to worship, um, 
and cry out to the Lord in song and um and uh, another thing you know I know not everyone can do this like if you have four kids like you said but um taking a nap was um huge um you know it's bad when your mom tells you to go take a nap (laughs) but I I definitely had to do that sometimes and just humble myself and receive rest and um yeah so just just things like that sometimes were um, ways the Lord kind of helped me get through tougher weeks and days I wanted to ask you guys, um, you already shared about this a little bit, Rachel, just some of the helpful things people have done that have encouraged you, things they've done or said. I feel like there's been a lot of articles, even books about like here are unhelpful things to say (laughs) to people when they're in a trial or grieving. And I'm so thankful for that. And, um, and those articles have served me, but I wanted to hear from you guys. What are some of the things that people have said and done that, that have been helpful yeah, so um, I'd say the first thing is that my friends never made a taboo of my trial. Um, they never acted like it didn't happen. or um, And they were so kind to, um, you know, send me text messages and avail themselves to me. And what I, I appreciated is how they, they often kind of left these, like, really clever loopholes and either questions they would ask or text messages and, hey, you don't have to answer this. I'm praying for you. But mm-hmm. if you do, if you feel like you need someone to talk to, how can I be praying for you? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, even when they came over, you know, they would, I had friends who would ask me, like, how are you doing? How can I be praying for you? Um, you know, just kind of opening up to talk. But then they could also kind of gauge, um, you know, there really were some days when I didn't really want to talk about it. There were some days when I really just craved, norm- like, normality and, um, also being able to hear about their lives was helpful too because I just needed to get outside my own world for a little bit. I just needed to hear how they were doing. Um, and so they were kind of just gauge that. They didn't, I guess one of the biggest things, they didn't come with their own agenda. Um, they are just very kind to see how I was doing and just they were just so willing to meet whichever need they felt I had, even if it was just prayer. Um, and they, I could tell they really prayed for me a lot. So I think just showing up, um, not running away from it. It is difficult and awkward to press in to someone who is going through a trial because you are afraid I'm going to misspeak or I'm going to I'm going to say something that will, you know, injure them and I don't want to do that. So I think I'll just not. But I think just acknowledging that hey, we're still friends. Um and like you said Ashley Talking about normal things, like, you know, you found a recipe, great, let's talk about that. Because sometimes I'm like, I am just weary of talking about, you know, the medicine or the, you know, how is she doing? And it's, it's fine. Like, I don't want to discourage anyone from asking, but sometimes the normal conversations are welcome also. It's, it is fun to just to do that. And so I think just showing up and the Lord will, will, will show you how to do that. It looks very different. Like um, some people have different artistic gifts like flower arranging. So a gal from church who has a beautiful garden brought me flowers and they lasted forever. And it was just like, I would have never done that. You know, I, I that's not my gift, but just showing up and um, pressing in, even if it's awkward, just don't ignore, I would say not to ignore, you know, cause she, like, I don't have the plague, you know, you can still talk to me. So, but maybe I'm alone in how that feels. I don't know if, I just appreciated when people would would come and talk to me. I, w- I wasn't the 
okay, can't talk to them now because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what to say. Nope, just come talk. It's fine. You know, I won't hold a grudge if you say something wrong. But, so, it's my two cents. <laughs> I guess my first initial thought is a little different. Um, was the, just some advice that someone had given me early on in all of this. And it has, I think about it multiple times a day. So, it has served me well is just draw a box around today. (laughs) That's like a practical thing that someone told me. And maybe this is completely unrelated to that question, but I think their original question was like, has anyone given you advice? Um, Draw a box around today. And then there's this, this John Newton quote that Jake Simmons sent Brendan and it has helped a lot. It's just like, take your stick for today and carry it. And don't look at the pile of sticks mm. that you may be asked to carry tomorrow or the next month or the next year because you cannot. You don't have the grace to do that today. And so just drawing a box around today and trying to be faithful to act today and pour in here. And it sounds cheesy, but just to be present in today. Um, it's, it, it sounds very trendy to say that, but that was really helpful advice for me. Um, because sometimes everything just feels too overwhelming. And so that was helpful. Um, I would agree that things people have done, I think truthfully, it's very awkward to have cancer in your thirties because literally everyone is, nobody knows what to do with it, including myself. (laughs) I don't know what to do with it. Um, and for a while it felt like you either had people that asked way too much personal information (laughs) or, um, you know, people didn't know what to say. And so, you know, it is awkward and we're all trying to figure it out. But I think the people just asking questions or approaching you when at church, it's just so helpful to feel normal. Like I'm still a part of the group and people still see me for me and ask me about how the kids are doing and how school going. And, um, you know, we saw parts of our life that, yeah, everything is touched by this disease in some way, but we still carry on. So I love feeling normal. I think that's really helpful. And just realizing, you know, I had really good friends. Thank goodness the Lord has provided so many people that have cared for me. But they're very aware that my heart is fickle and one day I might need this and one day I might want that. And we've been able to just have those candid conversations where they're like, hey, if you don't want to talk about this today, you have all the freedom to say, okay, next topic. And that is, there's just so much freedom there when I don't feel pressure to have to go into detail about certain things. I don't know. It's just a gift to have that flexibility. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but... I think that's it. I'm sure there's a lot of other things people have done practically. There's a million things. But that that's probably just the most ongoing helpfulness is people engaging with you and still being normal with you. And also, you mentioned sharing about their life. It's so helpful for me to pray and to hear what's going on with other people. Like, I still care about other people, even though I've got all my own stuff going on. I still care about my friends and how this person's doing, and I love hearing about it, and it builds my faith when they're talking about, you know, whatever they're walking through. So that has been helpful, and I have had to say that to other people. Hey, I want to still know about your life. I still want to hear what's going on with you. So that's it.
Well, speaking about other people's lives, um, I wanted to hear just any encouragement you would have for women who are in a trial right now. Oh, man, I'm like trying to put myself. I'm going to just talk to myself. Um, I think recounting the faithfulness of the Lord even though it's really difficult sometimes to do that, trying to pull back and have an aerial view of your life and just seeing the specific ways that God has cared for you and provided for you in the past because it just plants markers of who He is. Um, I think praying through your tears and your fears and your anxiety and being incredibly honest with the Lord, I think that's the only safe place that we can lay doubt and fear and anger is just before the throne of God. I think it gets dangerous when we chew on it and we don't come to the Lord with those burdens. Um, I think opening the word up, even if you don't feel like it, um, because you're just, in a sense, taking God at his word that the Holy Spirit is going to work, even when you have nothing to offer. And I, I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but... I think there's just kind of this sense when you're in a trial that you're going to give way at any moment, at any moment. Like I have thought to myself, I'm going to make a shipwreck of my life. I'm going to just abandon the faith. I literally don't have the ability to do this anymore. But then there's just this thought of like this living stillness. I don't know where I heard this. And it was, I'm sure I read it somewhere. I didn't not come up with it on my own. I know that. But like a living stillness born of trust, just a refusal to move from the Lord, even if you hate what is going on. It's not like a quiet anxiety, like I'm not, um, I'm not being prideful, I'm tough, I can handle this, but just plant yourself in front of the Lord and stubbornly have faith that He will act, take God at His word, almost just like hold the line. I think of... Um, a good friend of mine told me that once. It's like, just hold the line and wait for the Calvary to show up. And that's the Lord. And he will, um, he will meet you. He will be faithful to meet you when you are the most broken. Um, it's almost like the work that God does when he's remending your life is something you will never trade in. You will never go back. And you just have to plant there and wait for it. And just, I don't know, I think of Habakkuk too. I think he's talking about climbing a watchtower. And for some reason that over and over again, I just had this thought of like, um, I'm sorry this is so long, but just this thought of I have no strength, no energy. I don't have a clue how this is going to end, but I'm going to climb that ladder and my hands are shaking and I'm exhausted. I'm like malnourished and I have no good thoughts, but I'm going to climb the watchtower and I'm going to plant myself and I'm just going to look out and I'm going to wait for God to come. And I refuse to move from that. And I just think God's going to show up because his word says he will. And so I know that maybe sounds really metaphorical, but I think when we don't have answers or an end in sight, um, we just stay the line. We, we just stick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably repeats a bit what you said, but run to Christ. I mean, that's been something I'm 
trying to teach my children, like, on your best days, run to Christ. On your worst days, run to him. <laughs> run to Christ. And, um, like, he welcomes that. Like, he invites us, and he, he, he is drawn to us in our weakness. He's not turned off by that. Um, recall his faithfulness. He has been faithful to you very specifically. Recall those times. Don't don't forget, don't be, I mean, the Israelites, we are very much like them, I think, you know, we're arrogant to think if we're not, like, you know, we, we do, we forget and we complain and the Lord just, you know, had done something really great. So recall his faithfulness. Pray for your faith to be strengthened. These are prayers that I pray for myself. Like, Lord, strengthen my faith. Sometimes we're like, get rid of this trial. Like, can I just go back to normal, right? But I think like, and, and, and that, that's praying God's word to him. Like that's what he, that's his will for us. So he will answer that prayer. He'll be faithful. Pray for your trial to make much of Jesus to those who are watching. And there are people watching. You do not know who is watching. There are people in the hospital, like, you know, you know, like many people come in your room throughout the day. And when you're there a long time, they are watching you and you're just open about your faith. Like, you just want Jesus to make, be made much of. Like, Lord, show yourself great. Ask God to bring his truth to mind. Because sometimes you're just so tired. You're like, I don't even, I can't read my, I can't even read right now. I, you know, so you like, God, help me to recall truth. Your spirit, you know, I know your word. Bring those truths to mind. And like the living and active word of God, like bring those to mind. So this is, this, these are things that I pray for myself. Like, yeah, I would love for my daughter to be completely healed. I'd love for my husband to know what his job's going to be. But, you know, like you were saying, we have this day. Don't worry about tomorrow. We have this day. And so I want to just say I have watched your family enjoy life, the good gifts that God has given to you like going on trips and not being like, well, we just, we're going to sit home and pout. You're like, no, we're going to do things. We're going to, even my husband's like, look how, you know, we're going to, we're going to enjoy, we're going to be thankful for what God has given to us. We're not going to sit in our house and pout and be grumpy, you know? And so that, that has encouraged me too. And I'm, I've just, I've seen you guys go before and I, I thank you, Jen, for that because you, you do that really well. And I'm like, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Okay. I can do fun things with my kids. I don't have to sit on the couch and eat chocolate and drink coffee all day and tell them to go parent themselves. I can, you know, I can engage with them and, and actually, you know, life can be really still have these sweet, joyful moments in the midst of sorrow. That's the Christian life. Joy and sorrow are mingled and one day we'll all be joy. So I look forward to that day. But for now, we, we trust the Lord and run to Christ and we call his faithfulness. So fight the fight. Fight the fight. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I would say two things mainly. Um, the first encouragement I would have um, is just to, to use this time to really ponder the incarnation and sufferings of Christ um, because he entered into our pain voluntarily. I did mm -hmm. not choose my trial. Mm -hmm. I would not have chosen my trial, um, but Christ did. Um, and you know, one thing that I've, I've learned is that the thing that isn't fair is not that we suffer, but that God Almighty suffered. Yeah. And um, it's not unfair that we're brought low. What's unfair is that God has descended so far and sits in the dust with us. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, for everyone listening, everyone's going to have really unique trials, really unique suffering. And I think God gives those to us so that we can uniquely 
see his suffering in a way we wouldn't have without those. And so mm-hmm. I have unique ways. I can see the sufferings of Christ and, mm-hmm. you know, all of us do and you will. And, um, and the second thing is something Ms. Feehan said, so I'm going to have to embarrass you. <laughs> but um, so I had regressed um, really weirdly. I had to go back to the hospital at one point and I was a few doors down from the mm-hmm. Feehan's. And that was huge, such a gift to me. And there was one day, um, we were in the hall, and I was, I was wheeling around in my wheelchair with my mom, and uh, we saw Miss Feehan, and we were talking. And something she said that really ministered to me was, I don't know, I can't remember exactly how she worded everything, but basically, like, you know, we can trust that, you know, God is sovereign. We, we remember, yes, he he plans out all our sufferings. He holds everything in his hand. He's powerful. But sometimes I think we can sort of separate the sovereignty of God and the love of God. Mm-hmm. But they are intertwined. They're together. And and in it, we forget that he loves us. Like, he loves us. Even though this this trial is bitter and it's just, it's just miserable and you feel agony and mm-hmm. um, you're just ready for it to be over and I think that sometimes it was easy for me to imagine God's posture towards me, almost matching the posture of my um, my trial, you know? Things are going badly. I'm praying. I don't feel like I'm hearing an answer. So God must feel indifferent or God must be frustrated or God must have, you know, more discipline and kind of like frustrated with me. Or, um, and I wouldn't have said I believed that, but it's sometimes just easy to fall into. And um, But just that whole day and, you know, really even now, you know, when little things happen, just to remember like, but God loves us, you know? Um, so that was really helpful for me. Good. Um, well, in the passage from Bill's message, we read in First Peter that trials test our faith to see if it's genuine. And so the thing that encourages me hearing you guys share is your faith has been tested and it's proven to be genuine. And so that just encourages me so much to see God building your faith, sustaining you through the hard days, Um And it just speaks volumes about who God is, and it speaks to others. So that just encourages me so much. The other thing is, I was amazed. You you were all eager to share. Like, you were excited to talk about this. And it made me think of 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, that says, Blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So I think this whole conversation is just proving God's word to be true there and that through you guys, I think God's going to provide comfort and encouragement to people who are going through trials and give them faith for their circumstances. So um, that just, that really encourages me and I know other people will be as well. So thank you again for sharing, being excited to share and thanks to everyone who listened.